Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. We're really excited for today's guest. She's a two-time provincial champion from the great province of Manitoba, where she played for Rebels and Bisons. She's also played for Team Manitoba, and she's currently with the Nipsey Lakers, who are marching towards a playoff appearance here in the OUA. Please welcome to the show, Shayla Kessler. Shayla, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no worries. Happy to be here. So we'll get to it. I think the Nipissing Lakers are definitely trending and I'm jumping on the bandwagon a little bit, but maybe for me and the listeners, let's hear about your career so far. So growing up in Manitoba, which I think has produced a lot of great volleyball players, uh, how young were you when you got into volleyball full time? Like what other sports were you playing as a kid? Um, so with my family, it was always very encouraged to play multiple sports. I was always an athlete growing up. So I would say I started uh, playing volleyball more seriously grade six, but I was still balancing soccer, basketball, and volleyball at the same time. Um, at the age of 12, I started playing club at U13. Uh, that was with Fury Volleyball Club. So we played a year up and that was just something that I just started got into with volleyball, but again, still juggling um, other sports as well. Uh, I would say overall, I was a pretty rounded athlete um, and it was strongly advised by my dad to keep my options open to play multiple sports and just overall be an athlete and I've always been very competitive that's just been my natural nature so the more sports I could do the better it was for myself just to kind of get rid of that competitive drive and I was high energy so anything I could get put in after school was was good for my parents and for myself as well. Um, I attended NBCI, which is Mennonite Brethren Collegiate Institute in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Overall, a very um, athletic school for sure. Definitely put an emphasis on sports. And that was a school that my parents had picked for myself and my sister to go to um, for the focus of academics, but also the athletics that the, the school offered. So I started playing, dialing in more for volleyball, I would say around grade eight. Um, still playing soccer, still playing basketball, but by grade 10, I was, you had to pick a sport because it just started to overlap too much. I wasn't able to do um, school basketball and school volleyball as well as club volleyball at the same time. So this is more of a balancing act and still keeping academics good at the same time. So definitely my, my school was, had an emphasis on volleyball, strong program there for sure. And um, just kind of started to fall in love with the game. Junior varsity, I was named team captain. Um, for varsity, I had an upper year. So when I was in grade 11 and the other athletes in grade 12, uh, it was, um, what's the name? Okay, my head. Uh, Mike Brickchuck. I don't know if you've heard the name, but a very, very strong volleyball coach. Um, had the experience to work with him overall. Uh, Brenda Westwood, big, big coaches that I got to experience with in high school and within club. Um, and then, so for my, from U13 to U15, I was with Fury Volleyball Club um, under Chris Marshall. Really learned a lot there, developmental skills for sure, with just repetitive down balls, down balls, down balls, or free ball passing, like very basic 
volleyball stuff. And I'm forever grateful that we had those very boring practices because now it has definitely transferred over into play. Um, and then I had my few 16, 17 and 18 coaches, Dan McGregor, um, during that time I was under the rebels volleyball club. Um, and that was the time uh, I remember a conversation I had with my dad, we were driving home from my cottage and he asked me, he said, do you want to play university volleyball? Like it was a decision I was kind of cooing and hawing for a while. And, you know, I've had, um, any of older, um, athletes who had committed to playing university and kind of knew them kind of didn't, but went, attended a few university of Manitoba games and, uh, point blank he asked me do you, is this something that you want to do because you can do it but you got to work hard at it and it was my dad was a university athlete himself with the U of M Bison's football so he knew the commitment and everything that came from there um and it was uh yeah I want to I want to play at the next level and it's like okay so this is where we're going to go from here so really having his support there was a little intimidating but definitely made me into the athlete who I am today um for sure so Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great to hear. I, I do have to ask, like growing up in Ontario, I'm curious, does Manitoba have triple ball? Like when you say you started so young, like uh, you, they list you as 5'11", like were you ever the tall lanky kid that they put in the middle or did you get to play triple ball no, and play every position no, I or? Small. Okay. <laughs> I was small. I didn't grow like at grade eight. I was 5'3 still. So I was little. I was, uh, I didn't, I wasn't like the stereotypical where girls grow first and then the boys just kind of sprout. So I didn't get my height more until grade, grade 10, I would say is kind of when I grew into my spot. I was in high school and throughout early years of club, I was a setter. Um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't put out a hitter position, but, uh, just being a setter, I have the leadership skills, I think as a setter, but I, I'm the type of person who wants to get the point. You know, I'm the, I'm the competitive nature out of me is just put the ball to the floor and, you know, kind of get at that point. So I was trained as a setter and I mean, I'm thankful because it's for more ball control kind of stuff, but I was transitioned to an outside hitter. Nice. And when you were going to those U of M games, like they're, they're not too much older than you. Did you have a chance to watch like the Rachel Cockrells and Taylor Pischke's like that team go through? Is that yeah. kind of what switched you on the yeah. university? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I went to their, when they were obviously we're really pushed for the playoff spot there um, and they won nationals that year that's the year that I was more involved in watching them um and my sister is five years older than me she played volleyball as well so that's around the same the age age uh, group there for sure and I mean during my sister's volleyball tournaments I was too young to stay at home so I would go and watch the games and you know kind of pick up on volleyball and my dad and I would take would steal a ball and go in the hallways and try to play pass or just set the ball around and we would get in trouble every time because <laughs> there'd be balls bouncing around the hallways or on the other side of the gym. And, you know, reps are have to pause the game because they're hearing some kid and their dad bouncing <laughs> the balls around. So, uh, yeah, we got in trouble a few times for that, but I was, just, I just grew up in a gym environment where every weekend it was a tournament or having to go and drop my sister off for practices and well, having nothing else to do. So I would just sit and watch the practices because my dad would sit at the end of the practice and watch the last little bit. So volleyball was always kind of around, um, for me, growing up and then I just kind of took the ball and run with it there and gave myself uh, my own experience there so nice nice and where does uh, team Manitoba fit into this so you were a club player around you 13 uh what was the earliest entry point into either playing for like a city team a regional team or even the provincial team so within Manitoba you have 
you know, high school at, during from September to uh, December, and then club can't start up until uh, January 1st. So there's no overlap in that way, whereas Ontario, you can have club and school at the same time. So it was like, no, you have to have school and then you can have club after. So there was very strict guidelines on that. Um, I My first provincial team was at U15. Um, and that's when I was introduced to my coach, Dan McGregor. So I was U15 when I made the first provincial team. Um, played U15, U16, U17 provincial. Didn't play U18 uh, because I was I wanted to more focus on um, training, weight training throughout the summer and not being burnt out before going into university because I knew the commitment there. So that was the year of the summer games. I didn't uh, participate in those because I, I just wanted to focus on A, a mental break and B, focus on weight training at that time. Yeah, that must have been really tough because correct me if I ever wrong, like when you say the summer games, like not only was it a Canada summer games year, but you guys were hosting, right? So you gave that up to like, was that 2017 or was that before that? That was, I graduated, I graduated in 2016. So I, the year I wouldn't have been eligible to play that because I was okay. already had passed the age there for that. So that okay. was when they were out in Fort McMurray and the athletes that they took 17, 18, they took the 17s um, that were eligible, but I wasn't eligible to play for that one. Okay, because it's got to be a pretty tough decision to know that you're going to university and give up like the high performance volleyball aspect to lift. So, uh, yeah. did you already belong to a gym? Did you already have a program? Did you have an SNC person who was a volleyball person? Like, what went into that decision? Because I, I don't imagine too many 18 years are making that same call. Yeah. So, um, again, with my parents, like fitness has always been uh, a thing in our lives. Um, I was fortunate enough where I started hitting the gym, grade 10, started learning some form, some reps, um, grade 12, for sure. I knew that year I needed to really focus on weight training to increase my vertical, uh, speed, agility, that kind of stuff. I had a program with, um, he works out of UW, University of Winnipeg Volleyball. She used to be a player there. She no longer is, but I started training one-on-one with her to really focus on volleyball-specific training. Um, so that was twice a week there. Um, and then I was with Scott Kosky. Um, I would have morning practices at 6 a.m. with with him as a, just a, a performance enhancing just to bring up the just something that the Team Canada put on. He was doing it part of Team Canada. Um, it was overall just Sport Manitoba type thing. So we just he out he offered uh, this spot to. Uh, just high performance athletes for volleyball within Manitoba to attend these 6 a.m. practices. So, I mean, grade 11s and grade 12, it was a grind for sure, balancing everything. Um, but again, it's it, it prepared me well for university life because, I mean, it's every day it's a grind to get through school, social work, and uh, just life in general, right, with volleyball balance and everything. So definitely a commitment, but... Nice. And I don't want to skip over this for, for well, one, my sake, but also the listeners. And I'm curious what went into changing clubs? Uh, like what's the, the scene there in Winnipeg going from uh, Rebels to Bisons? Because uh, to win provincials two years in a row with two different clubs, like uh, what went into your decision to like make the change or maybe at 18 you to the club shrink out there because there's us athletes playing? Like what went into that decision later in your club career? Um, so I, with, with rebels, I had Dan McGregor as my coach and we had one provincials and he had left 
um, left Rebels, left the program, and he was going to go move to Junior Bisons. And that's, I just follow the coach around. I really, really connected with the coach. Um, most of our team followed him as well. Um, and we just ran it out of U of M. We also had more um, accessibility to the weight training there through U of M. And we had one of the volleyball trainers train our club team as well. So that, again, was another plus for myself to get the Olympic lifts um, training for that, get the exposure to that for sure. Um, and then by 18U, there was really us and Cobras, which was coached or which is coached by John Higley. So by that point, you were either a Cobras girl or a Bison's girl. Those were the top two teams um, and always head to head at tournaments or whatnot. Um, but during for our provincial finals, HNU, we, we won against them. And it was, they had always had the upper hand on us. So being an underdog in that situation and, and winning those provincials was huge for sure. Um, and I mean, we've had with that team for sure and with that coach, coaching environment, um, we were all there is no division between court and bench. Like it was a supported family all around and our coach had really fostered a great team environment with that. And that was something I always really respected him for and respected the rest of my teammates um, for having that type of attitude towards each other. I mean, that's something that I really wanted to carry on um, throughout my university experience as well, just fostering that type of environment and relationship that teammates can have with one another. Nice. No, this is all awesome to hear. Uh, I do have to put you on the spot. So I'm hearing that you're you're part of Bison's, like you get access to their SNC. I'm sure coaches are popping into practice. Uh, but not only do you not play for Manitoba, but you don't play for Winnipeg or even Brandon. Like you leave the province completely. So what went into your recruiting in terms of what schools were you looking at? Uh, was it happening at Nationals? Uh, was there any other like Canada West schools you're looking at? Did you want to play in the OUA? Like uh, it, it sounds like you had a good thing going in Winnipeg, but uh, somehow you end up in the OUA with us. So yeah, for Manitoba, it's it's not super common to leave home. Um, a lot of sorry about that. Uh, a lot of athletes will either go to uh, CMU, uh, University of Manitoba, University of Winnipeg, or Brandon. Right? Those are those are the universities that are there for Manitoba, and that's it. Right? So to to go home and to have no one who I really knew. Um, who left the province, it was definitely a little bit of a scary situation and a learning situation for sure. But I personally, I just didn't see a fit with those other coaches that were there. I knew for myself, um, I I was ready to leave home and to take that leap. Um, I've always been an independent person. And um, once I had made the decision to play university volleyball, I knew I was going to have to look out of outside province to 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 fulfill that that kind of dream of mine um i didn't my my relationships and my just personalities i'm nothing against the other coaches but it just i don't i didn't see a huge pull to go to those schools and you know i wanted to be a little bit different and to leave the province and to pursue um something that wasn't as common to do um so grade 11 was film 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 every tournament practice as much as we could get a a little we got a little handheld um video camera and we started my own my my dad had a tripod and other parents were helping my dad figure out where the record button was it was just uh it was an interesting experience and i'm i'm playing on the court and i'm just seeing 
a tripod holo. And I'm like, oh, that was that was mine, you know. So um, so started taking film um and reached out, started emailing um coaches across across the board, west and east, and just introducing myself, um, asking you know, if they would like to have me up to a few practices or, you know, just int- pretty much just introduce myself, but it's just putting yourself out there and trying to make yourself established because I knew that all those coaches were going, were looking within their provinces or were looking at athletes very, who were, uh, who stood out. Right. And, uh, for Manitoba, you have your local games. I mean, I, our team always went to nationals. Um, so that gave me exposure there, but I had to make those contacts before going to nationals give coaches the schedule of what court we're playing on, when we're playing. I would love to introduce yourself or introduce myself and have kind of a, a conversation if you're interested. You know, that's all you can do. You can't you can't make a coach come and sit and watch you. Right. You, they they got it's gotta be a two way street. So uh, I started doing that. I also went to uh, Bill Fong's uh, volleyball camp. He runs it out of uh, Saskatchewan outside of Moot Jaw, a very small town where he'll, he'll bring in um, American coaches uh, from junior college up to Div One to come watch. So I went to two of those camps just to give myself a little bit more exposure. Ended up talking to a few coaches from there. Um, but with my academics, I had to stay, stay in Canada because I didn't want to have to do those extra years of school after the fact. Um, I'm in uh, teacher's college wanting to be a, a teacher. So if I went to the States, I would still have to come back um, and do two years of teacher's college or a year just so it can get transferred over. Um, and it uh, wasn't really wasn't really in my cards. You know, uh, I you know, would like to play volleyball, but would also like to have something outside of volleyball that I could kind of strive and have for myself. So, um, so yeah, I, I talked to a few coaches in my grade 12 year. Emails were sent out like crazy. Um, met with a few coaches at nationals, which was great. Um, and then I got a response from Mark LaRochelle and he, he watched my film. He wanted to kind of have a follow-up conversation in the summer of grade 11 or going into grade 12. I, my mom and I went to a few different schools or looked at, um, just the programs, the coaches, met the coaches, met with some of the girls on the teams. Um, I did one Ontario trip where I went to a few schools within Ontario and uh, my mom came with me instead of my dad because my dad was more so, all right, what does the gym look like? What does the jerseys look like? What <laughs> is what's the schools like? What are the girls? How do the girls like the coach and the team where my mom is a little bit more practical? My dad's more of the raw, raw, you know, do we have, what's their school environment like? I think so. Uh, so my mom came with me there and I came to Nipissing. I fell in love with the small school setting and um, the overall outdoor environment that the, the school has. I'm really fortunate to be able to be so close to the outdoors um, and like natural outdoors. And then uh, going in to Nipissing, I knew that their record wasn't strong um, for sure, but that was something that never really phased me. I I was the type of person who would rather be on an underdog team rather than to be the end all be all. I would rather, I'm the player who would rather have more of a chance to start and to make a difference rather than to sit on the bench for three years. I mean, I, I could have gone to a, a stronger school, but I wanted to make a difference right away. 
being on the bench for a while. Um, I just, just the person who I am, I wanted to make that immediate difference. So I was fortunate enough being at my first year at Nipissing, having that starting spot and being able to kind of create a legacy from there. And that was just has always been something that's kept me going. Yeah, because just before your time, like Nipissing has made, I, I think they've made an investment in their sports. Like they they left the OCAA realm to go to the OUA. They've built like a new facility, but you're right. Like the, the proof's in the pudding and they haven't been that successful. So with that, uh, you mentioned kind of your process there, but did you put expectations on yourself that you wanted to start and you contributed or were you getting a sense like what was the, the first week with the team like? Did you walk in thinking, I want to contribute, I want to start or were you feeling it out? Like it's, it, you contributed a lot of things and I mean, it does help that they have a teacher's college that you thought you could do your undergrad and then go there. But uh, for the volleyball specific stuff, were you like, did you have high hopes or any expectations you put on yourself before you were on campus? Yeah, I, I did. I really did. You know, I, I, I put in the work and I was confident coming in and I wanted that spot. I, I had my, had my head held, held high, or head held high. And, uh, I wanted to prove to the team and to the coaches that I belong on the court. Um, I will, I'm going to compete with everything I have, but I'm not competing against another player. I'm competing with myself. Um, it's not you versus me, it's me versus me. And that, that was something that mentality I always had and I kind of grew up with. It's I, I can be the best that I can be and the outcome will take care of itself. So, but I, I came in with, with, ben, with the high hopes of, of getting that starting spot and uh, able to prove it to other t- my teammates and coaches that I, I belong and I, I want to make a difference. So now, uh- uh, again, I, I'm learning by doing the show and talking to different people that, you know, sometimes Ontario people don't win everybody over in the first few days. So I'm curious with you being so internally driven and being out of province, did you get, either get a sense from your teammates or people around the league being like, who's this, who's this Shayla girl from Manitoba who's like getting 40 attempts a game and banging balls and stuff like, was Ontario a little bit clicky in your mind? Like what was, was your vibe with your teammates and the OUA? Um, so Coming in and being out of province for sure already, I feel like kind of put me on the outskirts because with club and with Ontario having so many cities, everyone kind of knew everybody already or knew their club or knew their coaches or were had practiced against each other, even though there was a three-year age gap, everyone kind of knew somebody. So I think for sure, um, myself coming in and having a bigger personality, I think some of my teammates were kind of like, oh, like who does this girl think she is, you know? And it's just like I, I think for sure, um, coming in, um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to assume that some of my teammates were a little caught off guard by um, my personalities. But I think within the first, within the first week, I think it was, oh, like, she's good, you know, like, she's like, and then once I kind of opened up a little bit more about myself and my, like, not volleyball Shayla made me more likable for sure. I mean, I am a very intense competitive uh, player. Um, and that's something that I think females have necessarily been not um, the most welcoming to, but um, you know, like once I opened up and I showed them who I, who I was and outside of kind of volleyball on the teammate and the only fact that I wanted good intentions from the team, I was open with welcome marks for sure. And I mean, one thing that I always tell recruiters or just first year girls who are coming in, it's like you, you're coming in and you don't have any friends, but you automatically have 12 or 18 teammates 
you know, your teammates become your friends. Um, I have peers who I are, I'm acquainted with, but my, my team and my family is my volleyball. Um, the past five years that I've had at Nipson has been my, my teammates or my family. So that's something that, uh, adopted to me quickly. And, and obviously with, with every school, you know, there's going to be different clicks and things on the team, but you know, I was, I was accepted to who I was, um, and for who I was. So I, I can't complain there. I've never felt on the outskirts or never felt, um, dismissed by, by any means. So. Yeah. But in terms of OUA, oh, for sure. I didn't know. Oh, who are you? Like, oh, they're like, oh, like this is a, a big girl on this team or we are playing rock and or uh, McMaster and there's some six foot four left side hitter. And I have no idea who this person is. And I'm coming in and kind of works my advantage because, you know, I don't I don't have any information on you. I'm going to go up and bang a ball. If you block me like great. If not, I just killed like I got a kill. So, you know, it was kind of. It, it it worked to my advantage because I had not, I had no background information. I just played like every single game I went in, um, you know, not knowing tendencies of players uh, until we watched film or that kind of stuff. But it, I just kind of, you know, here I am and this is me. So get used to the next five years. So this is this is what I do. So. And were you able to keep that as you kind of progressed through your undergrad and now doing teachers college where? You know, you're not intimidated. Like we just had Logan uh, House on the show. He plays at Brock and he was kind of a, a late bloomer in sports. So he's preparing for a Canada Games final. And the same thing you're feeling where they're playing Alberta. And it's like, oh, that's Jesse Elser. Oh, that's Matias Elser. And all his teammates are getting fired up. And he's just like, cool. Like what time does the game start? Where like you come in as a first year, you have a similar thought. Uh, were you able to keep that throughout your, your graduating year? Or did you kind of get sucked into like who, who you're playing against and maybe over-evaluating video? Like, is there a balance there of like learning and feeling prepared without like watching somebody bounce balls on Instagram and thinking they're maybe better than they are? For sure. Um... Yeah, I would say second and third year, you, you kind of got used to the big teams. You got used to McMaster T, like serving off the court or two T lining balls because, you know, we didn't always have the biggest team or the biggest blocks. Uh, so that was going in, you were kind of being prepared for that. Or, you know, we had developments at Ryerson. And with those, you get, you get, get used to the names or whatever, but I just, I remember doing film and keying on certain players and um, getting used to their tendencies. And I just, I tried to keep the mindset of I'm going to do what I can and the rest of it will take care of itself. Um, but uh, for sure, second and third year, it became a little bit more intimidating because the big guns were the big guns. And with Nipissing, you know, it was each game we had to work really hard to compete because if we didn't, we were going to get, blown out out of every game and you know some some games were more competitive than others but I mean look at us now like this is the first time in history where we're able to make to make playoffs and we've we've grown tremendously as a team so I mean it it was it's nice that it's kind of come around to us but um yeah there's for sure some too many factors but just going in I I kept my mentality pretty at par and had knew who I was and the type of player who I was. And I would ultimately say that that hasn't really affected me. Um, but just cause I, I know who I am. So in each, each game, I try to try to bring that out for me. So 
And in your opinion, it might just be a feel thing and there might be some actual tangible things, but what has changed? Because we were talking before the show and you guys have wins against York and you have Ryerson. And I mean, a listener could roll their eyes and say, well, Ryerson's having a down year because they lost Veltman and some other players, right? But for you guys to to take wins off of those programs where, uh, not not to slight the program, but there's been years where Nipissing's won five games before, right? So now you guys are are beating some tradi- uh, excuse me traditionally strong teams in the OUA, like you're you're in the playoff picture. Uh, what has progressed with the team since your time in entering the program? Um, I think, well, one, I think the overall volleyball competitiveness within Ontario has gone up. Um, for sure, like I've, I'm an assistant coach with an 18U club team and just the caliber of volleyball has increased. So I think recruiting is a little bit stronger now than it was maybe before. Beforehand, um, I mean, coaches may or may not disagree or agree with that comment. Um, but I think just the the type of attitudes that we've kind of progressed. Like the year when I came in, they had lost to RMC, uh, which was tough to watch. But then, you know, one year they the one year that I recruited me, and then the following year they had recruited uh, our starting setter. So we just kind of grew from there. It was little pieces of the puzzle just started falling into place. Um, and I think with the girls who were who were my seniors, they they, they left a legacy. And we everyone kind of left a legacy and where they wanted things to go. Um, and we just kept building and building and building um, off of that, whether it be through uh, recruiting different talents or it could it's much uh, it could be also the fact just our mental skills and what the team we wanted to be and who we wanted to be, right? Um, so we just kind of built on all aspects of things. It wasn't just one year we were just a powerhouse, right? It's been a long time, a long time coming for sure. So now, uh, again, uh, a pessimist might say, well, it, it's a pretty gnarly bus trip to get to North Bay and maybe that's the home court advantage. But I'm curious, like before the game and the team room, are you guys absolutely firing up? Because it, it looks like the, the Nipissing Gym has been a tough place to play for a lot of teams this year. Like a, a lot of your wins have come at home. So uh, are you guys firing up? Are you ready to jump on teams who are getting off the bus? Like uh, with the OUA travel system, like I imagine some teams are making that trip the, the morning of to play you guys. So is that uh, a little bit of both? Is it neither? Like how, how are you guys kind of treating the the home game situation like you coach kids do they come out and support the team like what's the volleyball community like in north bay right now um so i think for us um there's not a ton of community involvement i mean we'll always have just some um community members come out to watch volleyball um but there isn't a lot of uh advertisement for us i would say i think just because they're more looking at our previous records where we haven't really had a strong team or a strong record. So I think within this year, however, we are getting a little bit more uh, advertisement and publicity because of our record, right? But I mean, hockey's huge here in Northern Ontario. So we have the OHL Battalion and that's that takes a lot of community involvement away. And uh, I just, I don't think people necessarily know the caliber of volleyball that we play and just the fact that we exist type thing. Um, like there is, there is strong university involvement and lots of alumni, but it's not so much of the sport aspect. I don't think, um, again, like hockey receives a lot of support, but women's volleyball, we're new to the OUA ish. Right. So there's not a lot of, um, I would say support that way. And for club, there's only two, two club teams in there. So, I mean, we try to get them out as much as possible, advertise for our games that way, but a lot of it 
a lot of it has to come from our own advertisement within um, students. So we have a lot of students game, but we are a, a female-based university. So the men's the men's get a lot of a big crowd because a lot of females will go and want to watch the men's. But for the female teams like us, there's not a lot of, you know, like girls can watch other girls volleyball, but, you know, girls rather watch guys play because, you know, the guys hit harder or the guys, you know, and kudos to them 100%. But I would say that the boys get a little bit more support than us. Um, and it's just, it's kind of like, hey, we're here and we deserve to be here and, you know, come come support us. So there, we've been trying to get a little bit more. Um, in terms of the road trip, for sure. I mean, like our closest one is UT, and that's a four and a half hour drive on the bus. So it's, uh, and I mean, weather conditions up here are a little bit rougher than, uh, than in the South. So, I mean, if they're coming down and it's snowing, perfect. You know, take longer on the bus or, um, you know, the road, the highways, like maybe they're not going to be great that day, but like, welcome to North Bay because we've got a, we got a lot of snow here um, for sure. But um, in terms of our home gym, it's our home gym. Like it's our gym. And we come in with the mentality of this is our gym. This is our court. Um, and we, we're going to put our foot down and, and uh, you know, make, make you really work hard to compete within our environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, home court advantage, I guess, right. It's easier, way easier playing, playing in your own, in your own gym than uh, say, for example, UT because the contrast isn't as nice there, but, but uh, we just, yeah, fired up every game. We just were there for each other and support each other and, and uh, take a crack at it. So. So the Nipissing Lakers, they had success when they were in the OCAA, definitely. And then since joining the OUA, uh, I think I've traced it back to the 2013-14 season, which doesn't seem that long ago when you when you factor in like the COVID cancellations and stuff. And you and I were talking before the show. I'm going to take your word for it. I didn't do enough research. But first playoff appearance ever for, for the Nipissing Lakers since joining the OUA. So is there just a buzz around the team room? Like they, that's an accomplishment. Like I think that's something to be proud of. Obviously, you're just not going to say, oh, we did it. We're done. We made the playoffs. But you're, you're going to keep uh, pushing and, and continue the successful season but is that something that you, you look around the team room and be like yes like that's something that this squad accomplished and that that's a big deal for us for sure it, yeah it really is you know being like last year i didn't get i didn't use that year of eligibility and so sixth year i guess athlete with nipissing it, it's it's really surreal to look around um and to see and to think of you know my first year and the fact that we were getting stomped by teams like Ryerson and, and U of T, um, the big guns for sure. And being like now, like, Hey, we made playoffs. Like it's every single year. It's been a goal as a team to make playoffs. And this is the only year that it's actually happened. So just looking around, you know, I came into this season and just trying to take everything in um, because it, it's ultimately going to be my last. So every single gym that we've gone to away, uh, it's been like, okay, well, this is this is my last time in this gym, and I'm going to make it count. Or every home game, it's my last time playing this team, I'm going to make it count. So just being kind of taking a step back, um, and that can only come, I think, when you are in your last year and you really kind of grow. Because I mean, in your first year, you don't really care about that kind of stuff. You're not going to, you know, take everything in as you can. But as as you get older, you you uh, you enjoy the experience and opportunity that you've had, and it's. It's more of a humbling experience, I would say, especially for myself this past year, um, because I, I have no, no other choice but to not stop playing uh, university volleyball. So, um, but yeah, for sure, it's been a surreal experience. And I mean, 
just after our last game, um, we just kind of talked about that we've all, this is the first time in history that we've been given this opportunity and we're not going to waste it. We're not going to take it for granted. We're going to make it count. So it's just kind of coming in with that mindset and trying to get that type of communication to our first, second and third years being like, Hey, like this is, don't take this for granted because this hasn't ever happened. And, and it's, you just got to, that just kind of fuels our fire a little bit more as a team, I would say. Now, obviously you got to learn a little bit on your own, but was there any vet who kind of pointed this out when you were coming up or like, like I said, like, was this something that didn't really click for you until you know that time's up, this is it. Uh, like, did anyone from the team kind of uh, embrace a leadership role with you that you could kind of follow their footsteps or is this something you had to learn on the fly? No, uh, for sure. Um, I would say Erica Lapierre definitely kind of took me under her wing a little bit more in terms of just leadership skills and really kind of bringing light to the fact that you need to remember each opportunity that you have. And, you know, even those practices where you really just don't want to go to, you know, and in two more years, like it won't, it won't be there, you know, or you won't have the opportunity to have 18 teammates and let them be your best friends and your family members, you know, like it's especially out of province, like just creating the relationships and times um, that I'm going to be spending with my teammates now, like, the chance of me seeing them all again at the same time like I won't ever exist you know unless I come back for an alumni game but you know I'm never I'm never going to be a teammate to them again you know we're never going to have those 18 girls that we have right now because you know I'll be graduating another girl will be graduating and then there comes a new line in a new set of recruits and so she kind of explained that a little bit and you know I didn't really understand what she kind of meant or kind of was like oh yeah like you're right but now I can really relate to what she she had mentioned and kind of talked about. But in terms of leadership skills and just someone who I looked up to as a younger player, um, she really put everything in that she had to it and and made a difference as a as a person and as a teammate for sure with our team. And this year, especially just to kind of zero in on the volleyball stuff here, it's hasn't been unusual for you to get thirty to forty attempts a game. And I'm curious, like you've already touched on in our interview here, that uh, you're very competitive, you're very internally driven, but just mentally preparing, knowing that you're going to get a ton of volume. And if you play well, you're probably going to win. But if you don't play well, your team's probably not going to be that successful. Like, how have you been able to kind of prepare for those games and know that they've watched video on you, they have a plan for you, and like, they're going to hope that they can shut you down enough that Nipissing has to go to their third or fourth or fifth option. Because if you have a night, it's going to be a long night for them, right? So how, how as an individual athlete have you prepared for the fact that you're going to get a ton of volume? That's, you know, I being being who I am definitely can put a little bit uh, more weight on my shoulders, but something that I've kind of figured out and navigated, the more loose I play, the better I play. So the more weight I've put on my shoulders and the more I kind of think about like, Oh, I'm going to get this ball. Like, am I going to, my am I going to see like, we're going to go. I know they're going to serve to me. And, uh, you know, like just more of that kind of negative self-talk um, has definitely played a role, but you know, I just, I just play myself and I play my game. Um, in terms of being keyed in as a player, you know, I love it when someone's at the net and says, key on, key on seven, you know, I'm just like, yeah, you know what, key on me, put up three walks, like, let's see what I can do, you know, roll the pot, like, do it, you know, like, it kind of, it kind of gets me more hyped up and more um, excited and wanting, fuels my fire a little bit more. But I mean, as a younger player, being a serving target, I mean, I would say throughout university has really, really amped up my mental side of volleyball 
just because that negative self-talk has affected me as a player within matches and within points for sure. But it's just something that I've had to navigate and have had support throughout university with uh, other coaching staff to kind of work through and get through. Um, but I mean, I look at, look at all my video, look at my shots, you know, I'll pull out another, you can't, there's somewhere always on the court where, where something's open and something's available to score. And it's just playing that kind of that mind game back and forth with teams um, makes me even more confident. And when I can figure out where I can score it, it's, it definitely adds to my game and the rest of my team's game for sure. Yeah. And if it's not too personal, can you share just your routine when either negative self-talk, like do you catch yourself in the moment? Because for, for some athletes, it can be like quicksand and they're aware of it, but the harder they try to fix it, the faster they just sink themselves. Right. So when, when you're kind of in the tank or you're not having success, like how do you catch yourself or play free or, you know, take it serious, but not too serious. Like what are some of your routines or, or things that you do in game to, to kind of navigate the course a little bit? Um, yeah. So I would say some things that I do is I'll just, I'll literally just kind of stop and just, shake my body like wiggle my body like literally shaking it off um or i'll just another thing that i really has helped me is i just connect with another teammate so if i'm struggling with something i have one or two go-to people uh one of them being megan winter and the other one being becca illingwith um i'll just kind of turn to them uh literally just look at them <laughs> hold their hands and just have them repeat to me some words of affirmation. So things like you're strong, you're beautiful, you're confident, or you can do this, or, you know, having, having my teammates come in and just sharing a moment together. Um, it, it has, it definitely takes weight off your shoulders and knowing as a player where my teammates have my back, regardless of the outcome, um, if I'm having a great game or a, a, you know, not so hot game. So just knowing that my teammates are going to be there for me regardless takes a load off my shoulders for sure. Um, and just, you know, giving it another go, you know, volleyball is a game of mistakes and it's kind of accepting that, but it's, it's uh, for me, just shake it off and, you know, go get them again, find somewhere else. If something's not working, I'm more than capable to switch something up. And, or if I'm not passing, having a great passing game, I'm going to turn that around to having a great offense game or vice versa. Right. So, for myself, it definitely makes it easier that I'm in a well-rounded player and can do those kind of things. But um, yeah, that's it. Uh, and it could be because you have a, such a strong foundation in the weight room and you've had access to a lot of stuff as a high school and a club athlete. But if you had to lay out like your prep, like how did you prepare physically uh, again for the volume? And I mean, the OUA season, you're playing on weekends, so there is time to rest and recover and kind of ramp up again. But at the same time, like I said, the, the volume you're getting and with the OUA season kind of being a shotgun finish here with so many games and like you're playing two games every weekend, it feels like. Uh, did you feel pressure to like be fit at the start of the season and hope it lasts till the end of the year? Like, are there spots for you to get a lift in throughout the week? Like, how have you physically approached the season? Um, yeah. So, you know what? Summer is, is huge. I come in with the mindset every summer and, you know, something that my dad leaves sticky notes on my door um, for, and it says, you're going to come into this season being the fittest you've ever been. So that's something that in the summer I, I work out hard for sure. Um, just to get in those reps, uh, get in that endurance, increase numbers all around. Right. And then we have our fitness testing at the beginning of the year. It's, it's, it's seeing those numbers change and progress. So there is definitely motivation from there um in terms of the load um that i received during the games i mean it's 
it's ice baths after games. It's having to be on a bike for 20 minutes to flush out that lactic acid for sure. And I mean, I'm 24 years old, so I'm, I'm older for the OUA for sure. And I mean, this year it's my recovery time has increased uh, significantly. My uh, foam roller is my best friend. Um, and you know, warm ups are longer, cool downs are longer. Everything is takes a little bit longer, you know, the shoulders got to get a few reps in before I can really go and hit a ball. Um, just part of the game and growing old, but I've been fortunate enough where I haven't had any uh, real career impacting injuries and my, my body's held up. And I, I definitely think that it's because of the training and everything that I've done in the summer and have put in during the season. So during our season, our, our weights are more, we're still increasing um, preseason. And then during our season, we're maintaining um, this right now we're doing uh, two workouts a week and then maintenance stuff. So for myself, I, when I go into the gym, I have the intention of coming out better than what I came into, whether that be practices or workouts or just maintenance or yoga or that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's knowing that I'm going to do this and it's going to make me better, whether it be, again, just mental training or foam rolling or just doing something that's going to benefit me after. And it's, it's going in with that headspace where I think it's really uh, made a difference for myself and for my body, for sure. Um, but I mean, I've always been fit and strong I would say growing up I've always had uh, a stronger build um and it's just kind of worked in my favor but again like my mom's a great cook and very healthy eater so I kind of adopted that as well into getting those foods in and getting that recovery and all that kind of stuff so super important as a player and I mean as you get older you you figure you figure it out that it it, it matters and it's it's not just performance you're not just an athlete when you're playing a game but you're an athlete outside the gym and everything that you do so and with you you touched on this a touch earlier i'd like to take just a deeper dive into your coaching club and i think you you have a full academic schedule you're a varsity athlete why was it so important for you to get involved at the club level and give up a couple more hours like don't be wrong i think it's awesome i wish more student athletes could make time for it but it's just not in the cards for everybody so why was it so important for you to be be coaching kids on top of everything else you're doing um well for for one i have to do it for university (laughs) it's part of one of my courses that i need to do but i wanted to see things from a coaching perspective you know i've always i've always been the one being coached i wanted to figure out what are some what are some conversations that happen as coaches how do coaches navigate you know when a player isn't doing well or what do you what does drills look like you know that kind of thing because i've always been the one who's who's been participating in them, but I've never had the coaching kind of privilege inside of it. And you know what? Like, this is it for me, right? This is it for my volleyball. And it's it's kind of being ready to um, get ready for that next chapter of what is life going to be like without being an actual player of volleyball. And, you know, I it's something that I think needs to be talked about a little bit more within all sports, but what is life going to look like after you're done? You know playing volleyball I mean it's something that I've committed to since grade six um and you know I'm 24 years old but then that that's it it's over right like you what do you do you're so used to having two hours of practice every single night you're so used to all your workouts all your training being dedicated to one thing and when that thing gets taken away like you can have a, a big toll on you and I'm sure other players can relate to and it's something that I've also talked about within my my teammates and just being like remember like take this don't take this for granted now because 
you're going to miss it when you're gone. And, you know, it's, it's important to have something behind volleyball that's going to be your kind of foundation because volleyball isn't always going to last. So that's kind of something that I've looked at in terms of coaching is I want to get involved. I still want to be involved in volleyball. It's going to be a different perspective for sure, but to just fully take it out of my, someone who I am, I mean, it's, it's part of your identity, right? So to have that totally ripped off from your identity, um, I don't think I could cope with it, to be honest. I'm someone who needs to have something in the evenings or, something that I'm going to continue to be active and, you know, volleyball is more than just a hobby and it, it turned into more than just a hobby at a very young age. It's, it's a lifestyle almost. So something that I, I don't think I can go right off, you know, cold, uh, cold Turkey on, but it's, uh, so being, having that coaching role has kind of, it's starting to prepare me for being a coach myself when I, when I get a little bit older. Yeah, definitely. I think the the identity piece is huge, right? Like it's replacing a lot of adrenaline. It's replacing a lot of routine in the schedule. And when that gets taken away cold turkey, it can be really hard to recover from. So it's good to hear your awareness and good that, uh, you know, coaching might be filling that void where you're still in the gym, you're still supporting athletes and and who knows, maybe you'll you'll keep playing. Who knows, maybe pro's an option. Who knows? But uh, it's good to have options and get into coaching. Like I said, Uh, I was curious it's not unusual for athletes to leave their province and play youth sports. Like I think that's becoming more and more common that people want to find their program or the right sports fit, but it does come with some challenges where correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think your family is really like driving distance to go see a game. So you're giving up some stuff where maybe you don't have family support, uh, where maybe other Ontario athletes on your squad do. So is there anything that obviously you enjoyed your experience at Nipissing, you're doing well, you're in a program of your choice and excelling, but is there anything you're kind of like every once in a while, you're like, man, I, I, I wonder what life would have been like if I would have played closer to home. Um, so I'm just going to correct you because my family has a huge involvement. I mean, my parents uh, came out to every home game for my first and second year, or almost every home game. So there's definitely, they're able to come out and support me for sure. I mean, if we were playing Toronto, they'd fly to Toronto. Um, definitely not going to sit through the 26-hour car ride from Winnipeg to North Bay, but the flights, they would for sure support um, and come down. So that was been huge. And, you know, I've I've always had the support from my family. Um, but I mean, FaceTiming every night or calling my mom every day, it, it definitely it can be a little bit saddening when I don't get to spend the time with my family because I am, I am very close with all my family members. So I would say home, being homesick um, came earlier during my first year than other, uh, other first year players because they were able to go home for four weekends or have their parents kind of come up or that um, type situation. Uh, I mean, I've been fortunate enough where I've been able to go home for Thanksgiving and um, during Christmas, but um, I would say just kind of being the outcast at first, um, not, not knowing the girls coming in, not knowing where Kingston, Ontario is, or, you know, like, I mean, I still don't know when we're on the bus, I'm like, okay, are we going to Ottawa or are we going to Toronto? Like what, what exit are we taking? Like, where are we going? Type thing. I mean, so that can, that's definitely on me, but, um, yeah, you know, coming in, um, for sure. It's, but it's, it's the person who I am too. Like I knew that coming in and I, I wanted to live up to that. You know, I knew it was going to be something a little bit challenging, um, but you know, it, it's worked well with my personality and my independence. Um, but I mean, staying at home, I don't, I mean, other than uh, my relationships that I've had with 
um, my boyfriend or my family, I'm happy with the decision that I made. Um, I didn't have really close ties to high school friends. So, or, you know, like my, my, my teammates here are my family and I'm going to, I consider having family in both Ontario and Manitoba. And I will consider that when, even when I'm, when I'm done and gone, um, ultimately for volleyball, I don't really have any regrets staying home, um, or have chosen to go anywhere else because everything that I've done leading up to this point has made an impact. I mean, two years ago, it might not have felt like that, but I mean, look where we are now. It's, it's huge for us. So I can't say there's not, there's not too many things I'm regretting about moving away because I have, it's made me into the person who I am today. So Awesome. Good to hear. Well, this was great to, to hear your story. Like I was telling you before the show, I mean, I was reading box scores and your number kept coming up and I was like, Oh, like Nipissing's a bit of a wagon of a team right now. Like, let's look into this. So thank you for sharing some behind the scenes and your pathway to, to how you've ended up here. Uh, one tradition we've built into the show is just a funny or unique story. So the, the volleyball community is awesome. It's a high performance sport, but uh, we got some characters in our community. So I was hoping you could share just a funny or unique story before we let you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, it was, 2020 we were driving back from our last uh regular season game this is university from trent and uh, the entire year we've had road problems like bus problems or highways have been closed or just like it seemed like every single time we had to go on the road something would happen we had to change bus drivers at one point we were in uft and the bus broke down so we all had to take ubers to get somewhere like it was just a chaos uh every every single time we were on the road so we were driving back from Trent and um, it was just a crazy snowstorm. Another another plus to living in uh, North Bay, Ontario is that regularly throughout the winter, there's, it's going to be snowing. So we had to pull over in Rama, which is, I'm told, is an extremely small town uh, outside of Aurelia. And we ended up staying three nights in a hotel there. And the uh, only thing we have beside us is a gas station subway and a the casino Rama, which was a 20-minute walk. And this is in a blizzard. So we ate subway for three days straight, pretty much. Or you took the walk to Casino Rama, which half our team, or 75% of our team, or no, sorry, only about 75% of our team was allowed in to go for an actual meal. Or because you, right, we have our out of, they're, they're young and they can't go in. So I'm I'm going in, I'm getting some uh, dinners or lunches for some girls and bringing it back. And, you know, it was just so half of the team, we had Nerf gun fights, other half we were doing spa days. Uh, so we had men's and women's there because we were both there stuck. And then our, the Nipissing hockey team had to come to our hotel too because they couldn't, they got kicked out of their own hotel. So they had to join us. So the entire hotel was just full of Nipissing athletes. And it just the entire hotel just stinks like Subway at this point. And I mean, it's not even like good Subway. It's like the Subway that has, you know, the meat is a little bit questionable. Um, and they ended up like running out of all the food because we had nothing else to eat but Subway. So I haven't had, I think I just had Subway like last week because just I, I was physically and mentally ill from smelling the bread of Subway. Um, so just that entire time, it's what are we going to do? Uh, what are we going to eat because there's nothing else to eat and it's okay we're going to have to do our laundry now in the bathtub because we only bought a small duffel bag and it only consists of volleyball stuff so we're um, are having to wash whatever clothes that we need to be able to wear for the next day and they're just 
it was just a mess. And I mean, the hotel that we were staying in was not a five star by any means at all. So it's just finding our own entertainment, hurry up and wait. And can we get on a bus to go home? I've been wearing the same pair of pants for three days straight. You know, like it just, it was not good. And during the time we were all miserable and just kicking ourselves for why the heck are we in this situation? Why has this been our year? But I mean, we look at it, we look back now and we just, we just think of everything that happened and just the chaos that went on during that time. And we all, everyone who was a part of that can kind of look back and be like, yeah, that's the joys of uh, traveling and Northwestern Ontario. And it sucks, but there we go. So Amazing. So did you have a go-to sandwich or did you change it up? Like, was there any way to get excitement from this gas station subway? <laughs> yeah. So I know it off heart. Okay. So it's a, uh, but long, of course, because I'm an athlete and I eat. But long clubs of on Italian herb and cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, cucumbers, mayo, sub sauce, no mustard, light on the onions, not toasted, with a root beer fountain drink and two chocolate chip onion cookies. <laughs> Every time, and you know, I was just like, okay, honestly, I might as well just get two subs because I can have it for my breakfast tomorrow. Like there was nothing to eat. And the hotel didn't have a hotel breakfast or anything, so. I just, and you know, I, I was like, throughout high school, I was a Subway girl, you know, there's nothing else to eat during tournaments other than Subway. But now it just, I, I just kind of, it's like repulsive almost now. You have a little bit of a gag reflex whenever you see a Subway sign, but. Yeah, I think some people consider it like athlete fast food, but if I had to eat it three days straight every meal, I think I would be off it for the rest of my life. So I, I can only imagine the the people working there and every time like a Nipissing jacket walks in and like they must have set record sales that weekend. I'll give them that, but they must have been like odd to them to try to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't just one, like it was it was twenty four athletes going in at once, right? It was just like okay, or around the same hour. So it's lunchtime. All right, here we go. Like, let's go to Subway, you know, or you're, you're eating. I think some of us thought, uh, we try to make our own meals too. At some point we try to like get a water hot enough where we could make it the Mr. Noodle or some of like, some of the people were some of the guys were only eating Twinkies for whatever one portion of the meal, just because they're trying to find anything else to eat other than Subway and what the gas station had. Like I bought, I think I need peanut jelly sandwiches also just for some, something else to eat. Um, but yeah, it was not, uh, not ideal. <laughs> Amazing. So job's not done yet, but I'm sure when you come back for some alumni stuff, you can talk about the playoff appearance and what this season was, but you can also bring up the subway story that will never die. This one has to go on for generations. That's, that's an all time Nipissing Lakers story. I feel. Yeah, it's for sure. <laughs> well, Shayla, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing all that you did, uh, sharing your career and everything going on with the Lakers. So best of luck as you finish out this OUA season and then, you know, start a career because you're old now and you've played too long. <laughs> I know, I'm old. You know, and it's funny because the first year they like, right off the bat are just banging balls and I'm just like, oh, like I'm just looking at them, like my shoulder just hurts looking at you or they they go why would you have an ice bath why would you do that i was like because i have no other option <laughs> i mean like from our game this past weekend my quads are still like it's still feeling like cement legs but it's just you know flushing out that lack of acid and getting ready to go again because you know we have only a few handful of games left it's go time and you got no other options but to leave it out on the court so that's kind of been my mentality throughout the this past year for sure and you know it's done nothing but uh, help me and supporting me throughout the game. So just got to get her done. Next couple of games left and looking forward to it because after it, there's, you know, that's it. No more, <laughs> I have no more years left. So I'm going to make it count. 
<laughs> Amazing. Well, best of luck and, and we'll be watching. So. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks for the support.